0: Gus, you know, I sometimes give you the opportunity and you drop the ball. That'll be a whole different conversation. But why don't you start the podcast this week? I don't even want to have that other conversation is the thing. We will um, have it and it will maybe be during the episode in front of our guests. But can you please just intro the podcast? My schedule's
1: full, so we'll try to see if it's happening. Anyway, we'll guys, it welcome
0: back to the Gus and Eddie
1: podcast. Uh, it is a good podcast. Shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, today our guests are Mike and Jackson of the Trophy Husbands!
2: Hey! Welcome boys! Hey guys! Oh, thank you so much for having us, it's a dream.
0: Of course, we wanted to have you on the podcast
2: because you're our boys and you're our friends. Dude, the boys love boys, you know that.
0: It's, you know, oh, it's yes. the philosophy for it. One thing I still, I want to mention immediately, because I watched the entire thing yesterday. Um, uh, Well, guys, why don't you explain first, especially the timing of what you've made very recently? Yes, Yes. we can do that.
3: We we can do it. We'll do it right now on three on three. No, uh, we had just released our first kind of uh, TV show docu series, if you will. It's an eight episode uh, documentary that follows the disappearance of my great great uncle, Harold Heaven and it's a mix of comedy and true crime and the way we kind of do that is we uh we're basically two comedians in toronto and uh this case has been cold for 87 years so we have to use different tactics and get a little weird with it uh but yeah it's it's I mean we're super proud of it and Eddie thank you for watching it Gus yeah. I know you will never watch it I refuse no to
1: watch it Eddie's like watch this and I said I would. You, I couldn't be fucked to watch
0: this damn thing
2: <laughs> and if any of you listening would like to watch it it's called For Heaven's Sake I missed that part it's available uh, on Paramount Plus right now uh, eight episodes it came out about a month ago it's been awesome and like mike said we spent a lot of time making it a lot of time sort of figuring out the tone of how to tell a true crime as comedians so if you like true crime if you like comedy if you just like the boys you're gonna love it check it out
3: i, I and for our canadian fans sorry eddie i cut you off for okay. our canadian fans uh it's on cbc jam in canada
2: which is yeah they'll get that they'll love that they'll when love they hear that they'll, they'll be a
3: like oh, of
1: Canada guy, saving. <laughs> I was saving
0: most of my words for it uh, for the podcast because I don't, or I think um in because we we met at Buffer Fest 2019, correct?
2: 18, 2018. 18, I say. Oh yeah, because
0: yeah. there's there was one right after that, and then yeah. So I remember uh, Mike, you mentioning at 2019 that you guys were going to go and do the show. And I was like, oh, I'm excited to see it. But, like, the part of my head was like, oh, how the hell do you turn such a cold case, like, into a true crime series that's super entertaining? And you guys did it so well. How the fuck Uh did you take a case that is, like, in a small town where there's not really a lot of evidence? And you made, like, after I got to the end of the first episode and I was like, I'm so gripped by this. And, like, you guys really turned, like. Kind of nothing because it's such a cold case. In this, really something. I re- I really love the show. I think ev- everyone should go watch it. And um, I already really love these two boys. So uh, I really hope you guys go support
2: them for real. I Dude, love thank show you so very very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, yeah, but I'm kind of known question. as the kind
0: one of the group. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good cop, bad cop is your absolutely your thing. I get it. People like to call we'll guys the over diva. Eventually.
0: Um, uh, the diva, queen. Co- the diva cop. The disco nice. cop is what they call. call nice. Just wanted to clarify for the record. So. His methods are unconventional, <laughs> and he does, but he does not even solve the crimes. He's just a bad cop.
2: <laughs> but it he cashes that paycheck and goes home to his wife, and it's a happy guy. There I you get
0: go. it. <laughs> I'm just uh, so happy, even to see. Uh, just, I feel like it was a very weird experience for me to see like friends have such a legitimate production you know like it started up and i was just like oh holy shit those are the guys i know but it's a tv show that's fucking insane
2: dude it is insane it's i get that a lot too of just people being like "It won't say anything about me or michael let be like this looks professional like, <laughs> yeah. yeah dude well, that's because it is one
0: of my favorite things about the beginning of the show and i don't want to talk like too much about you know anything that happens in the show because it's more it's a mystery that i want people to watch is right off the very beginning uh mike's family to both of you are like i don't think you guys are capable of solving anything with this i don't think you're gonna get anything done and it was just like really (laughs) surprised and thought it was hilarious how honest they were where they're like yeah i don't really know what you guys are doing here but i don't think there's gonna
2: be a lot of progress yeah which is totally fair i mean it's like you said it's an 87 year old cold case so they uh they were more than kind to us um and they were honest with us the whole way but they wanted to solve the case just as much as us so that was like what allowed us to you know make the strides we made was having access to the family and having them on board as skeptical as they may be they did give us give it their all and whenever we needed anything from them they were more than happy to help out
3: and to to your point eddie uh they, they had the same mindset. They were like, oh, you boys are going to play detective. You're going to get <laughs> silly. We get it. Uh, and then we showed up with like a 12, 13-person crew. And like my anxiety was a, a full tilt because uh, just everyone, we kind of like stormed their house mm-hmm. and had to like move furniture and make the, the interview setup look good. And man, they were like, oh, this is this is pretty way more uh, professional than I thought it was going to be. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of trust involved.
0: Well, also, even um, without, you know, again, because like I want uh, people to go watch it. So it's like I just want to ask of the the process of filming that type of show, because you guys did it in a very small town in Ontario. Right. And it was uh, like, did you guys stay there completely for like a long period of time? Like, did you just go live there for a while?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we had a full crew with us, like a 10 person crew. And so we rented out like a local inn up there and they you know were nice to us and let us stay as long as we wanted and uh it was pretty awesome especially for me as someone from toronto not from the city to you know or not from the country rather to get immersed and like meet everybody and sort of just get welcomed because the town was you know i think a little like mike's family skeptical at first but we won them over eventually and that was a fun part of the process was sort of immersing myself in minden it's called minden ontario and just uh seeing what the locals do and how they live and trying to, you know, pay homage to that the best way we could.
3: And Eddie, so the, uh, basically like we've never done a documentary before, obviously you guys know our sketches, but uh, we kind of got thrown headfirst into making eight episodes of television. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so what we actually realized is we'd go up there for like two weeks, film kind of every day, and then we would go back for a week and be like, all right, what footage did we get? And how the heck does it fit into a story? Because we kind of beaded it out, like what eight episodes look like if we didn't get any farther in the case. Like what what could we do to kind of keep people entertained? And it, there was a lot of blind spots or like blank spots that were like we need something to happen or we're mm. so screwed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and luckily, as we got up there, more things uh, more things happened. More people came forward, and more people were like willing to talk. And it was uh, it was a weird process making a documentary.
0: It's cool, too, because, Gus, you know uh, that kind of atmosphere a lot. It's re- very interesting, and I feel like I've heard from you and other people from small towns or, like, experienced it, just how much, like, stories kind of survive of, like, old families in small towns. I, like, you know, I don't. if you ask me anything about the history of my neighbor's family when I grew up, I'd be like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. And, like, Gus, mm-hmm. I mean, you know that world a lot, too. That's, I think that's really cool that you get, like, a preserved kind of, like, family history when you're in a more rural area. It's pretty cool. And I know that my grandma, too, for a few decades uh, has
1: done work with the Historical Society in our town and stuff. So, like, I've always been privy to that sort of old tales and uh, that old info and stuff like that. And I love all the, like, urban legend shit. And you, you never know, like what's what or what's real and stuff and of course everything probably has to have a modicum of truth to it to exist so i that kind of shit is so goddamn fascinating to me it is
0: uh gus for you is there one without being able to give the town away is there a type of urban legend that you remember that like stuck out to you or would that kind of give shit away
1: no i mean well i don't mind too if if people find it but uh i've told you before that uh we have uh, a a sort of our festival days in our town is named after this sheriff that we had in like the 1800s that was just this big old fucking guy (laughs) like he was like 7 feet tall and that was when the national height average was I think 2 foot 11 so it was a big deal back then Uh, but so there's just this tall dude. So like, we've got this big tall guy, uh, and, uh, he just, there's a giant statue of this big fucker in our town. And then like, we have a couple of like days of the, of the week every year, uh, that are just dedicated to this big guy. But there are talks of, uh, a haunted paint mine, uh, on the river, Mm -hmm. uh, right by our town. And I have actually been there as a child.
3: Is it, is it haunted? You can't you
0: can't just say, I've been there, and then leave
3: yeah, you for a haunted that. paint? <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Well, I went over there when I was a little bit of a kid, and we were on a camping trip with uh, my hunting group, and uh, you can go up to these things. Like, they had a lot of paint mines by, like, rivers and smaller tributaries and stuff to really get all the ore uh, and sediment out of the soil. I don't know how paint mines work. What, I look like a friggin' art nerd over here? Am I right, fellas? <laughs> door uh, so I go, we were up there and we would just crawl all over them and stuff. But it was really creepy. So I didn't experience anything like firsthand of like I saw a, 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 a scepter, specter, I saw a ghost. Yeah, both. I didn't, both. S- didn't see a scepter or a specter or a ghost there. <laughs> but uh, it's goddamn creepy. It's just this old dilapidated shack and a big water mill. And it's just like it's right in the woods. So you, you could be walking through the middle of nowhere and just stumble upon this old creepy shack kind of thing. Very Blair Witchy.
3: Now, when you say you were a little bit of a kid, were yeah. you a kid? He was going through what, puberty, uh... so there was a little bit left. There was just a the little I bit left. I was
1: dipping my toe in the
3: water. Being a kid, I was like, "This I was a little, little bit cool. of a kid,
0: I was a little bit of becoming a man. <laughs> <laughs> just
3: I got to get a mortgage. This is my last." It's
2: so like you're eight, dude. You can hold off on that. No, man. In mines, has there ever been has there ever been a mine that's not creepy? No. You say the word mine, it's like okay. Well, death exactly. has been here you know it's disgusting minecraft is even a little scary oh well i didn't think of that (laughs) i like to
3: picture those carts where you kind of like pump and then it starts going i know that's like just a a railroad but i like to picture them in the mines and it gives me a happy-go-lucky like i think
2: donkey kong country or one of those uh snes games where you ride the rails in a mine which we know is based
0: off a true story so it must have actually happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Do you, Donkey Kong actually did that. That's a real story, guys. Read a history book, <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude. Did they ever? Uh, is there a monkey that's Ooh. ever been able to actually operate one of those things?
0: So. Who did you just ask that question to? to, the, ether, uh, to the fucking
1: yeah. natural world here, guys. I'm a student of this earth. Why don't you give me the answers here? All right. We're not <laughs>
3: monkey nerds. We're not monkey nerds. We don't know all the well, monkey stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have a
0: uh, an ongoing battle. I don't know if you guys have heard, um, uh, but we're very worried about a monkey uprising uh, in uh, across <laughs> the world because you know they seem to be getting. Sm- I actually, on that fucking topic, did you guys see the Neuralink thing yesterday? What? No. 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 Oh my God. It scared the shit out of me. It's that fucking company Elon Musk is doing about like, you know, having shit inside of your brain. And it yep. was like a test they did where they had a monkey with the Neuralink it and they they monitored. Uh, it, it was like a game to move the cursor to where like a, it was a bunch a grid of blocks and a block would light up and it would have to use a little joystick to move the cursor that way. And uh, they monitored the brain activity of the monkey because it would get a little banana milkshake reward whenever it met the, <laughs> the block. And they pathed out what it looked like in its brain when it was moving in those directions. So then they programmed apparently the Neuralink thing to move without the joystick in its brain, and then it played Pong. And Wait, we're the- we can't give monkeys that type of power. Dude. <laughs>
2: It played what Pong with its brain?
0: I'm going to m- confirm this and make sure I didn't just see like a parody video, and then we will cut this from the podcast because I'd be too embarrassed. Um, well, the banana milkshake
2: thing. thing made me think it was a parody. That's too on the nose for me. <laughs> Yeah, No, it's, Plus, it's right. Yeah. Like I searched they- it,
0: and there's a CNET article right away from 18 hours ago. Elon Musk Neuralink reveals monkey playing Pong with brain implant. Oh my <laughs>
2: god. So, you could have saved us some fun? time and just read that article. Yeah. <laughs> I love how close it is to
1: Donkey Kong because it's monkey pong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it learned how to play Pong oh. with its brain. And here's the thing, I want, I want cool immersive game experiences in the future. There's no way I'm putting a fucking Elon Musk machine in my brain. Are you kidding me? Dude, that's you're going to be... You have any
1: idea, Eddie, if you don't get that thing in there, just how many monkeys are going to beat you at Pong after Shit, this is all done? Shit, that's the problem. Oh.
0: That's how they're going to get me. They're going to be like, you don't want a fucking
3: monkey doing things you can't do, do you?
0: And <laughs> no. I'm like, well, no, I guess let's go do the surgery
3: then. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a pool table and someone just slams a banana milkshake down. It's like... Next game's on me, <laughs> and we're playing. You're getting a you hospital player You know who's doing butter, that right? surgery?
2: <laughs> you know who's doing that surgery? It's a monkey. No, it's a monkey. God, yeah.
0: Our our the mortal <laughs> enemy of the podcast is is um, uh, this guy Mayor Monkey. He uh, at Disneyland. Um, you guys know, and uh, the podcast audience does too. Uh, Tony, our our. Uh, Lord and Savior. Um, Tall Tale Tony. <laughs> it was We were at Disney World once, and with a couple of friends, we were, we were joking that the monkeys... Uh, that We were stopping in Monkey Town and kept joking that the monkeys were going to get more advanced and take over Disney World, but now we've seen uh, real Mayor Monkey Twitter accounts tweeting at us, and I'm starting to worry, actually, for real, about the monkey uprising, so Neuralink didn't really help me out, you know? They're so horrible. no, Gus, I don't know if they were in mines... Or whatever the fuck you asked. Right, That's right. fine. By the way,
1: I looked on my phone a couple minutes ago here, and I couldn't find any documented video evidence of a monkey actually operating that mine cart thing.
3: <laughs> you got Whoa. to
1: imagine they'd be able to do that pretty easy,
0: right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's- That's monkey see, monkey do, man. You know, you just start pumping and just... You're in there, dude. The thing is, I feel like
0: that would work with, like, a chimpanzee if you just started pumping, and then it would get up and start pumping, too. I feel like that's not... Probably.
2: (laughs) I think it would strangle you before... (laughs) (laughs) It's not alone at this point. It's like, I'm not worried about this cart. Like, just...
1: (laughs) That's the uprising. He would strangle you, and then put you on the mine cart, and then wheel you into the mine, and dump you, (laughs) and
3: then wheel off no one would
2: ever find you. It's perfect.
3: I'd smoke a cigarette and bag.
2: And shrug. It just does like the Michael Jordan shrug, like as you're as you're
0: bleeding out. You just look, and he is at a a pong station with a
2: banana milkshake straw just (laughs) just
0: playing. He's already distracted; doesn't even care about you anymore. You've moved on. That's
2: smart. That's a tool to use against them in the uprising. Get them so hooked on pong that, like, as soon as they think about it, it distracts (laughs) them from whatever they're doing. That's
0: That's true. What's going to time Is up hilarious also, if we cigarettes, if, yeah. awesome. if the Neuralink caused the monkey uprising? You could look in the history books, and we had the Planet of the Apes remake maybe five years before it happened, and people will go, "They were warned," and they <laughs> they laughed with their banana milkshakes and pong, and I'm going to be sitting here going, "I was right the whole time. I saw through that <laughs> fucking monkey fun, facade."
3: Fun. Oh, sorry, I did cut good. you off.
0: Uh, that was it. Oh,
3: no, <laughs> no, I just a fun little fact about that movie, the remake is that's how Jackson and I like, and uh, our other Trophy Usman counterpart, John, became friends. We all got high and we watched Dawn of the Play. No, it was the second one. Which that yeah, is Dawn that was the Dawn first a,
2: remake. Yeah. Or no, it's, no, it was it's, the, the
0: tank scene. Oh, Rise. It first Rise body. is the first. Then Dawn. Was and was I'm actually okay. a huge nerd of the new that new remake series. The first movie is okay, so good. but it like the first movie is. Kind of bad until the second half, and then the second and third movies, oh my God, I fucking love them so much. I'm so happy mm-hmm. to hear that for, Caesar's for like you guys. the best character oh my god when I was I think I was in like eighth grade at the time when Rise came out and uh and if you if people are listening and they don't want Rise spoiled, <laughs> skip forward ten <laughs> seconds when Caesar goes no. Oh my god. Yeah. The shock. So good. The shock when it happens. Okay, if you're listening in now, you've avoided the, the monkey spoiler. He
3: he it's, grabs Draco Malfoy's hand. Like he grabs it and yep. he's like, "No." It's I so good about
0: that. That those That's movies are Draco. so good. Everyone should go and rewatch them after watching for heaven's sake. You like that one, guys? Hell That's yeah, good. dude. That's I love that. It's pretty, pretty good on my part. I like plugging things. I, um, I'm scared of monkeys. <laughs> <I>
1: <laughs> you know what I'm curious about is, like, I have no way to actually measure this, and I can't put it into scientific terms, but I would be curious to see, like, how good are monkeys' brains right now where if you started to give them this accelerated technology, how much evolving would they have to do to have that full self-awareness of, like, Hey, we gotta, like, fuck shit up right now because humans are, like, the main threat to us.
0: Like, we gotta fucking overtake them. Like, how close are they?
3: Two, three days. Time.
0: Two three I, days. I, I would say on on the, yeah the side of caution they can they are
3: always two or three days away so so for, prep yourself. <laughs> There's one scientist that just keeps <laughs> warning everybody. Like, two days. I swear they're coming. We gotta He's hold like... them
1: at pong. The the day we put a Frogger cartridge in front of them, dude, we are
0: fucked. <laughs> oh, they will understand. An old fashioned like lab printer with the you know like the punched holes on the side. It takes forty minutes to print out. It just says two or three days at best. <laughs> He's like, we <"Holy laughs> gotta show the president! Holy shit! <laughs> I'm just scared uh, about it. Also, Gus, did you put a tw- uh, question tweet out? Oh, no, no, no. I almost said question tweet. Question uh, so tweet. I what what those out? Uh, yeah, Gus, you want to get on that and we could get it in a little I'll bit. A
1: little question, yeah. Uh, Mike Jackson, I was gonna ask you though, too, how long you guys been doing sketch comedy shit together?
2: Since about uh, twenty. 2014. When did Dawn of the Planets come out? Because that <laughs> will actually answer your question. Was that actually like that's when you guys like I think came that together? Came in 2014. 2014. It was the first time we hung out, we met in Second City class, and then the first time we hung out was we yeah, filmed yeah, our first sketch the next day. Yeah. 2014. Oh, yeah? Yep. 2014. There you go. But
3: yeah, it's Damn. uh, it's so interesting. Like I'm I'm fascinated by your guys' journey on the YouTubes. Yeah, because it feels like we've we've been on it for a while, but we've never done it the right way. We've always been like, ah, oh, we'll put a you know, we'll put it we'll put out a video once in every six months. So I mean, I, Eddie, you're guilty of, of that, but you're just yeah. your videos are incredible.
0: Well, um, I, so so are yours, guys. Mine just are algorithmically a little more favored, I think, from the YouTube <laughs> shit. Like it's just you know, commentary is a little bit easier to get, I think, some traction on. But like, uh, no, I mean, that's uh, I think. Uh, for sketch stuff when I started out I was just doing sketch stuff and doing the same thing on that grind of like moving forward like a bit um, but uh, especially I think now with the, the format you guys went in that's like this the, even just the documentary one or seeing more like high budget sketches that's what I love because the first one we saw for people I mean uh, the people w- uh, wouldn't know what our all of us personally meeting would be. I said almost said for the people that don't know, but why would they know? <laughs> Every all of single person. But yeah, yeah we mm-hmm. were at Buffer Fest, and the sketch you guys showed. I remember being so hilarious that we were like, we gotta find these guys at the party later. And then we, I feel like we, I'll say it, we all hit it off. We hit it off right away. <laughs> we hit it off
2: Guys, you you were like the festival vets. We were just cutting our teeth and we we're like, the thing let's is, lock in with these guys.
0: The thing is though, Jackson, that was our second year, and the year before we were so like terrified of everyone because we had never <laughs> been to a YouTube thing ever. And so if that's how we appeared the next year, it was a lie. It was a total lie. Because we the first year we went, Gus and I were way smaller, and we were just we'd never been to a YouTube thing ever. And so we were just like, I don't – we don't want to bother anyone. And so we just kind of, like, stood in the corner, you know, like, the whole weekend pretty much. And everyone was really nice. We just, like, didn't know, you know, what to do. Um, so, yeah, like, Gu- was, Gus, is that your experience the- too? Oh, wait, sorry, Mike. <laughs> oh, dude,
1: I mean, without a doubt, I mean, that's – that's like I mean, i'm sure you guys have been to like event stuff like that it, it, it is such an atmosphere of just like what? A, hey you know it's so like inherently a little bit awkward when there's just so many people in there and shit so we got there the first year and we were just like should, <clears throat> should we, i don't know should we go stand over there now okay like it was just that uncomfortable we vibe would go hide in
0: and... our room for a bit we would for real be like okay well like We've sat on this couch alone for maybe 15 minutes. Maybe we can make a reappearance in an hour and like we'll get to (laughs) less awkwardly move into a conversation, you know? (laughs) We were playing that balls game on our phone for hours
1: oh in the hotel You guys know
0: about the balls game? Pong? With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> oh,
2: literally the balls game. It's no.
0: it's just, and I, I'm not even recommending it because it's got like shitty ads and I don't want to promote an app at all. It's just like <laughs> one of the games where you just like, you shoot, uh, shoot a, it's like the, what is it? Uh, is it Breakout? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, breakout. It's like that, but you keep getting more and more balls like throughout the game as you're going forward, and it's like each block is harder to break. But it's just a stupid app. But Gus and I would just be like too nervous, and we just go and be sitting on two separate beds in the hotel, just like playing an app silently. Like, so should we get up back out there, or do you think? (laughs) Yeah,
3: just a few more levels of balls. The way I remember it is you guys walked into like the YouTube space after party and then turned towards us and went, ah, old sport, and they like grabbed a, p- a champagne, <laughs> like called it. the wait- waiter by name, like Marcus <laughs> or something. And then you're like, oh, you guys will get used to it here. And then you asked the DJ to play a song and you guys did like an in unison, like weird version of the floss, it hadn't even been <laughs> invented yet. And yeah, it was beautiful. It. Like Jackson and I were really impressed. You know? We just produced two <laughs> microphones and you're like, I don't
1: know how those were produced, let alone synced to the existing sound system in here. Those aren't even matching with the other ones in use right now. It's just we had all the bases covered.
0: I, yeah, uh, it was
3: exactly that.
0: I heard, aren't they closing those YouTube spaces down?
1: Oh, yeah, I think I think I had heard that they're closing the Toronto one down. Is that accurate, or did I just say that, and I won't back it up? In I think they already the closed
0: that one down a bit ago. I think they're maybe closing, like, London. and so I don't know what it is. I mean, I- I'll say, I'm sorry, YouTube, there is no uh, more pointless of a fucking building than those YouTube spaces, dude. <laughs> those YouTube spaces are made to look like high schools just for, like, high school shitty Instagram sketch comedy and shit like that. And you're like, okay, right. well. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, the LA one's pretty helpful though. They got like I, I think some uh, like
2: uh, big kind of sound staged things, and
0: so that's good. But like if it's just a couple of rooms, it's like what are we supposed to do here? I don't understand. <laughs>
2: exactly. We got to go to a party there, and then we got to go to a screening of Eighth Grade, the Bo Burnham oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, and cool. Mike, Mike met Bo Burnham, so I've we, met Bo we Burnham. do have good memories there. So yeah, let's hear
3: about that more. Let's hear. <laughs> oh, let me dive in. Thanks, Jackson, for really bringing that up. <laughs> um, no, no, it was, it was basically like. Uh, you had to have over a thousand subscribers, and for like your audience, Jackson are just barely over a thousand. Like we really, we really haven't done the YouTube game properly. But anyways, it was so. So we used, we used uh our friends like saying we're a part of his sketch troupe, and he had just over a thousand. So we got into this uh, screening of eighth grade, and we're all like, oh free free beer, like free food. This is great. This is the YouTube life. And then uh, Bo Burnham shows up, and he was—he's tall. He's like six four, and I don't normally get starstruck, uh, but that guy like has shaped at least my form of comedy, and I think yep. he's just like this genius.
2: You know, someone who says I never get starstruck is always starstruck. I get. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for I real though. Never get
0: I, I for Bo, I've like I've. <laughs> just i've said before like i don't even know how to react if i got to meet bo burnham i'd be so lame and nervous because he's bo burnham you know well, like that
2: lines up perfectly with mike's story yeah
3: <laughs> so every, everyone basically goes and takes their seat and then i was like i was like oh, i might as well get some uh, they had some really good hors d'oeuvres like this coconut shrimp or something so i was like uh, i was out there and bo burnham was looking at the food and it was just me and him and i was just like hey bo coconut <laughs> shrimp it's really it's really good you know, it? and he's like yeah yeah yeah, i was like it's good you want to go for one of those he goes okay i'll go for one of those and then we, we started talking and uh one of my other friends came up and he's a goofball uh he basically started talking to bo about youtube and how it's a pyramid scheme and bo's <laughs> like i don't care like, <laughs>
0: Wait, what's the logic behind the pyramid scheme?
3: YouTube.
1: Yeah, was, <laughs> Susan's at the was, top, man. It trickles but, down, bro.
3: Exactly. So his whole thing was like, he's like, man, like YouTube, I, oh, you obviously got out of it, man. And he's like this weird, like washed up guy where he's just like, ah, man, like the big get bigger and you're just screwing over the, the little guys, you know? And Bo's like, yeah, totally, man. Like, cool. Yeah. We should probably go watch my movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it sounds like you had the meat cute at least,
1: though, with the old coconut shrimp thing. Oh, totally. He remembers me. Yeah, I'm sure he
3: Coconut shrimp guy. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> man. You know what? It was good. <laughs> it was really, good. And I would have really never was. gone
2: for it if it wasn't for you. So I, uh, it stuck out in my memory. <laughs> anyway, do you want to make out? That's exactly what I imagined.
0: <laughs> then, then Mike wakes up. <laughs> then Mike
2: wakes up. <laughs>
1: I was gonna ask you guys here, so you mentioned Second City before, uh, Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated, like, I think Eddie and I come from the lightest possible versions of, like, Midwestern school-based improv stuff. If is that a fair assessment, Eddie? Like yeah, we no, both... I had
0: no problems. You don't even. If you were worried, I was like, hey. no. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it's great. like.
1: I mean, I mean, we both we have a huge love for it and watching it. We did it a bit when we were when we were coming up a bit. But you guys actually went through like the second city system. Like, what what is that even like? Let alone up in Canada.
3: It's a pyramid scheme, no, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I fucking no, knew I'm it, kidding. dude. i was <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> it's great it's like i don't know I'll, I'll let Jackson speak for it too but it's just uh you find the people you have chemistry with and like you you kind of uh drift towards people that have a similar sense of humor and that's why jackson and john and i found each other uh there's some odd balls like some there's some divorcees in the first level that are just trying to get out of the house mm-hmm. and they're just like this the higher you get the slowly you kind of weed out the people that like didn't actually want to be serious about it right um Mm -hmm. sure so yeah i've i've had nothing but good uh good experiences there and jackson's a really good improviser way better than
2: me (laughs) i love it it's um yeah way i've met some of my best friends and like mike said like-minded people and we're lucky enough to have really great teachers in a tight-knit community where you'll take classes with people and then you'll see them out at shows and you'll see them improve and you'll uh, you'll get to go on stage with your teachers and uh, sort of anybody who's willing to give it a shot um, can get on stage in Toronto which is very cool and it's something I miss dearly now haven't done it in over a year and it's really you don't realize how much it means to you until it's gone so mm-hmm. uh, once the time is uh, you know once we can go back to taking classes and stuff if you've ever thought about it just go for it because it is worth it you never know when you might have another pandemic and you can't do it
3: Damn. But
2: you you guys you guys have like a just
3: a such a great chemistry it's so clear you guys are both on the same ber- and it's, like wavelength it's as so talking. fake
0: Mike it's so fake and altered and made up you know that Gus it's and I all fucking despise each other dude Usually it it's just the,
1: unadulterated yeah, yeah. punching whenever we're in the same room together. We're punching up until they say, mic check, okay, camera rolling, and then we stop for like four to five seconds.
0: And, and I, I don't shit. know who says it, because we don't have any particular
1: <laughs> the, the neighbors figured out that that's the only way they can get us to stop punching and yelling for a few
0: minutes. Mic check! Okay. Anyway, yeah, we quiet it right away. <laughs> yeah. um, well, am I remembering incorrectly, or did you guys say that also through uh, your like comedy circle stuff that you've, uh, uh, you guys know Curtis, right? Right?
2: Yeah. Curtis was at that, uh, that Bo Burnham thing. Um, yeah. Curtis, Curtis Connor wow. for for Curtis people. Connor, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, just I remember uh, you guys mentioning that and being like, oh, holy shit, like small world, because I didn't know, because we knew you guys and we knew Curtis, but I didn't know you guys knew each other. Yeah, that is
1: pretty goddamn cool. It is,
2: yeah. There's a don't small guys, net community, like I said, of people who are really taking it seriously. So you see him around.
0: Aren't you guys just fucking tired of that Curtis Connor guy? Am I right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, yeah,
2: don't he's even get such, He's so but, soothing. How can oh, you get tired of him? I'm, I'm kidding. Guy. I love Curtis. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> what is uh, I, I? I'm really curious too because, like, I. I I'm super into like any groundling stuff out here, especially like I was a S- Sabrina. My girlfriend got me like the season pass holder membership thing or whatever. It's officially called before the pandemic. And I'd go to shows and stuff all the time. And I have a few friends that went through like the groundling system and stuff, but I'm just curious to like hear from like a tiered perspective, like, how does a Second City structure work? Like, are there groups of people where they have, like, a main stage show? uh, Or is there, like, a regular, just kind of longer-form improv show that people get swapped through? Like, how do you get to the point where it's, like,
2: you're in front of people regularly
1: and you're actually doing those shows in Second City?
2: Sure. Well, um, the main main cast is usually six people that's uh main stage that's like the height of it that's you're doing nightly shows twice on the weekend and that's like your full-time gig that's what everyone wants Mm -hmm. below that is the travel co which is like they go out um to schools to events all around canada sort of promote second city promote improv and that's a full-time gig usually too uh doesn't pay as well or anything but you know you're doing improv all the time Mm -hmm. and then below that is what's called house co which is uh, on the secondary stage at second city the smaller stage you'll perform once or twice a week for usually a pretty small crowd uh, unpaid but you're it's like that's like the minor leagues where like they're sort of stacking up who they think will be next for the main stage and you work your way through all of that and hopefully eventually end up as one of the very few lucky people who's you know working on main stage um and how mike and i the way you go through that is you take the level a to e improv classes and then if you like it you audition for what's called the conservatory which is like the you know uh the people who are the best through the classes i guess usually get through mm-hmm. that and then that takes a year and you do a big show at the end that you've written and then from then you know you start auditioning for the big boys how w-
0: i've always wondered that even with um, with those improv pats or with snl like uh, or, like, any of the audition stuff for that. How fucking nerve wracking is it to do an improv audition? Like, is yeah, that just sucks. like the worst? Because you're like, it, I mean. c- it could go either way, even if you feel really confident, because you know, like, any night can be whatever
2: precisely yeah i mean with an audition a scripted audition right you're rehearsing you're still nervous but you, you if you know your words like the back of your hand then at least you have some confidence but usually you're going into an improv audition with someone you don't know that well and you're just hoping that you connect you're just hoping that you know you're on that day or whatever so it can be nerve-wracking but the best way to do it is just you know let go try and just be yeah. like whatever happens happens have faith yeah. in your abilities but it can be nerve-wracking absolutely
1: does it get, like, super uh, – I'm not looking to try to dig up dirt or anything, but is it, like, kind of cutthroat and stuff? Are there feelings hurt sometimes and people just get disappointed? And is it, like, a competitive environment up there? Because I've heard that about the
2: Groundlings in L.A. I'm just not sure what the Toronto Second City scene's like.
3: That's yeah, yeah. sorry. I don't
2: think it's uh, not to your face anyway, but there are only like six or seven jobs that really pay, so mm-hmm. it's competitive. I don't know if it's cutthroat, but it's totally competitive. And some people who are like you know, didn't work their way through the system, who but are just hilarious, can jump people who may have felt like they were in line for something. But mm. uh, you know, I think it stands to reason that the funniest person usually gets the job, at least that's what I've been seeing. So that's the best way, that's all you can hope for. I hope, yeah, not yeah. totally.
1: Total. God, that whole thing Total. is fucking fascinating, dude. I I would love to go see a show up there sometime.
2: Yeah, well, next time you guys come up, we'll do a whole second city. We'll do a whole improv uh, retreat for great, you guys. Dude.
1: That yeah. sounds great. I'll just crash on your couch for like two to like fifteen weeks Couple or so months. would be so good. Yeah, like tight fifteen or up there.
0: You know, you guys free all of twenty twenty two because if you if that doesn't if you don't mind that I can break I'll bring my own blanket so. Absolutely, yeah. to, You got
3: like you know, an L, L couch. We got like an L, so you can really whoa, spread dude. out on that thing. I,
0: I don't know what it is about L couches that just my brain's like, yes. I don't know yeah. why, <laughs> <but> <laughs> dude. Like, I fucking love L I I just dude. got one a couple months ago. I'm so jealous. I don't have the space in this apartment, and the second I get a house, I'm getting 15 L couches. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: just fitting them together like Tetris. Look at so eight eight an yeah, Like fine. <laughs> That's gonna awesome. be amazing. Yeah, my living case room elk couches, lowercase um. elk.
1: <laughs> I got a little uh, pregunta here from Twitter. We've got the questions are flowing in right now, boys. we what hit I them up? To hear. All right, let's look over here, gang. We've got some preguntas. Uh, just wanted to translate uh, preguntas actually means questions in English. Uh, so now you know. Uh, ask us all your questions here. We got one from somebody named. E, that's there's a lot of E's. I didn't know how to make it more succinct. But he did a good job.
3: He was was he was at the eighth grade screening too. (laughs) Was he really? Just kidding. Was he
1: he saying that during the uh, during the Q and A? Just
3: (laughs) E. Yeah, exactly. He was really trying to get his hand up. Yeah, like like, get out of
1: here, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, E asks, "Who would win in a fight, Mike Jackson or Michael Jackson?"
3: Yeah, Good we've talked God. about this. We've talked That's, about this. I like, yeah, how many guys, fucking yeah. times have you gotten that one? <laughs> yeah, I've told Jackson like almost every day, because we're roommates, so every time he wakes up, he comes upstairs, I go, I'm slippery. You can <laughs> never catch me. And then, uh, But he, he always he has a great master lock, so it's a whole conversation. Michael Jackson would probably take both of us out. Yeah. He's I got mean, the
0: kicks.
1: He's you know? doing <laughs> probably lethal kicks. You ever seen that fucker just... They're so lightning fast; they break you think the sound they, barrier. You
0: th- yeah, you think that makes uh, like they cut it out of documentaries and stuff, but uh, it would make the whip noise when you do that one kick. I think yes, so.
2: uh, we're all picturing the same kick, and yeah, 100 percent it does the same make that kick,
0: sound. It's you hear you hear a whip noise and his
2: his bones crackling around, and that's about. And you it. have to grab your crotch ever so just yeah. as it's happening.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine? Seeing Michael Jackson do those two kicks, just two kicks taking you both out, just one like, a <laughs> oh, quick to the jaw to both that you just dropping you both.
3: I I always like in movies when someone like wipes their blood off their their like lip and they go, Guess we're fighting or something. Well, that's yeah. what I would yeah. hope I would do. Back to Michael Jackson. You're gonna have to like, oh. kick harder than that, Michael. Man's got some moves. <laughs>
0: This is you after try to like to moonwalk and you break your own
2: legs.
1: <laughs> yeah, you sprain your ankle every single like backslide.
0: Ow! Ow! Ah!
2: Ah! Oh yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, he'd kick our ass, no doubt about it.
1: Probably, <laughs> probably, he'd probably take all four of us, no problem.
0: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'd be able to do anything.
1: You ever see the thriller music video? He's, he's he can fuck hard, dude. He can
2: He'd bite you. That. That I usually don't get starstruck, hard. but I was fighting Michael Jackson. One time <laughs> that, it, was, it just really freaked me out. Just, him about usually, about the how other MTV is I fight. a
0: pyramid scheme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Uh. all right anyway mikey jackson's gonna take the gold on that one uh we got another question here from at aiden seventy one everyone's got fucking numbers in their usernames now i don't know what happened get creative Uh, people yeah exactly can't be confined to one kind of uh letter uh aiden says opinion on parents keeping baby teeth i personally think it's weird to keep a body part that fell out of another person wait parents keep baby teeth Okay, so now I'm finding out that I'm on the other side of the no. fence of you once again, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I my probably got keep all my baby stuff. teeth at home. I don't know where they are, but I know I like I got some of them at least. So, like, I'm
0: sure this is a common thing. However, I'm not going to hold back <laughs> in saying that's fucking weird, dude. Well, it looks <laughs> it's like you're so not getting any of them, weird Eddie. Weird as shit. You're telling me that it's normal for a lot of people to be like mm, we kept part of Gus's skull from when he was a baby <laughs> like dude, that's so I weird I keep dude. that in a heartbeat it's like i'm never going to grow these again well, I could repurpose these into a
1: lamp, perhaps. A coaster. A necklace. Yeah. A necklace. A necklace. necklace. Thank you. Yeah. Charm People, bracelet.
2: People, parents keep um, your first haircut. They'll keep that hair. My mom's kept every haircut Th- I've ever had. That's- <laughs> first <laughs> haircut. It's all in the basement. It's just like big garbage bags of
3: hair. And she goes, one day you'll need it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means. but
0: First haircut it's- sounds normal to me. But I just, if, it's okay, not. so it's Gus, did you weird. do the tooth, did your parents do the tooth fairy when you were a kid? They didn't really...
1: It was always the thing of, like, they would say it and they knew that I knew it wasn't real because my parents also
0: did not do Santa. But they did it, like, oh. you did it with the money and everything?
1: Yeah, like, I was just like, okay, I'm putting it under the the pillow, and we were all very self-aware, like, okay, you know, I hope so, the tooth fairy comes tonight, and then they gave me the money under the pillow.
0: Don't worry, what you're saying is making it worse <laughs> for you. So uh, what, I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is essentially then, especially because they didn't pretend, your parents were essentially just... Purchasing baby teeth from you just so they could keep it as a decoration. They were paying you just (laughs) Each tooth just okay. This one will go great with the collection of baby teeth and I'll add that there I'm sure there's something a lot of families do. I hate this. I hate it already You know what? I
1: just remembered and I this you, you completely dug up a thought that I hadn't had in 20 years is I forgot that when I was really little one of my grandma's made me a Tooth Fairy pillow. Like it was this little red, like I think it was Mickey Mouse print on it. And it was this tiny throw pillow. And there was just a tiny little pocket in the back of it. And the idea was that you put your tooth in this micro pocket. And then uh, like when you sleep and wake up the next morning, the tooth would be gone. But then there'd be a dollar in there. But every time I did that, the tooth was still in there and the, mo- and the money was in there. So I just had all these teeth.
0: Well, wait, how? So they didn't how take the tooth?
1: No, they didn't take the they tooth. It was just sort of a like I, I, it was a loner that. tooth. It was how not how long a and they had how many away teeth? away with it
2: and then left it. You keep disgusting. This. You hold you on to this, this man, it.
0: Gus. It's, how long and how many teeth in the pillow? Um,
1: I mean, I'm not. Trying to distance myself from it, but I can't imagine it lasted past, like, age seven or so, or eight, maybe. Like, Whoa. I was really, really fucking young.
0: I'm saying, I'm saying, how long did, uh, how, the period of time where teeth were remaining in the pillow last? Oh,
1: well, I'd take it out the next day. I, okay, I, don't remember I was, like, I'd wondering if, if yeah, you could no, leave it in.
0: teeth in there. And I was like, we have a whole different conversation now. <laughs> Sleeping on, like, a bacteria sponge for ten oh, years. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, this is so unsettling. I you have know, my... Okay, what? Wisdom teeth we, too. Do you guys have those? I still got my. I got my wisdom teeth in my. I got super lucky, and I was told that none of them were a problem.
2: Same. I have Yet. mine in my skull. That's what I'm talking no, about, yeah, Jackson. Yeah.
3: I don't have mine. You know, I, I got rid of those suck. at Viking funeral. I Dude, just put yeah, them those on a boat suck. And sent them off. <laughs> just torched them in the driveway. Just like <laughs> Dad, had a the arrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, the most. Terrifying thing when I was younger. I remember uh so I um up until I was in like third grade, I uh my my great grandmother was alive, she's in her 90s, and she was um uh from Sicily, but only like as a little kid, and then she her family moved to the US. Um but she lived like through the Depression era, and I remember like I was seven and I had a loose tooth, and we were heading for my grandma's where my great grandma also lived. And my dad very seriously was like, Do not show that you have a loose tooth. I was Uh like, What? And he's like, Your great grandma's from a different time. She will pull that out of your mouth if she sees that you have a loose tooth. She will oh ju- and God. I was just like, Okay. And it was just I get it. Like Depression era like, Oh you gotta I'll take it out, you know? And I was just like, I okay, I gotta hide this the whole time. I just I'm so oh. terrified. <laughs> Weird. she's a very sweet woman though actually a very great woman and an incredible cook so i don't want to i'm not shit talking my great grandma she's great but she she pulled teeth that's one thing she did <laughs> this is like not a, go this, there with loose teeth
3: <laughs> this was a total sidebar but eddie your story made me think of this i was on a park date recently uh-huh. and uh like you know covid park day you gotta walk in the park you walk together yeah. yep. uh and so basically she was telling me that she was like super into uh, like for CSI when she was a kid. So she got one of those little CSI kits and she like, finger parent, like fingerprinted all of her parents for fun and stuff. But then she proved that Santa wasn't real because she got the fingerprint on the glass uh, that like the milk and cookies and matched it to her parents' fingerprints. Oh and they had God. to come clead to her. And oh I was like, that is fascinating. <laughs> you are a there smart was, kid.
0: I had something kind of similar where one year um, for our birthday, do you guys remember the spy gear toys? Yes. yes. They yes. were the coolest yeah, fucking yeah. toys on the planet. And then they would also do the, you know, like McDonald's run where you get the like dollar version. But I had a couple of spy gear toys because I was obsessed with them. And one year, I got like the dream gift, and I—I th- I don't even know. It must have been like probably like thirty bucks, but it was a—it uh, was an RC car with a camera on it, and then you could wear little glasses that showed feedback from the camera. It was the That's craziest cool. thing I'd ever got in my life, and I. First off, just for the future, I broke it almost immediately, (laughs) and it was just done for. But it was – Tony and I, our birthday is November 28th, so it's really close to Christmas. And one year, we were like, we are going to leave out the toy in our living room facing the tree, and that way we'll know if Santa's real or not. And then we we got toward that bit of the night, and both of us were just like – I think we were a little too old where we kind of knew, and we were like, let's just not like find it out you know like it was it was like probably a year away from us finding out and i think we kind of already knew the answer and we we're like let's not ruin christmas let's just go to bed and so we ended up doing <laughs> that instead you guys
2: are I...
3: good kids you're yeah.
2: good kids
0: it's just i, I feel like i would have ruined it for myself uh yeah so um i, yeah, I what guess kind I, of, what kind I'm like, of know-it-all
2: brat are you dating mike who's like i need <laughs> to know exactly who's doing yeah why this? didn't she follow
0: <laughs> through why or, why didn't she decide the same decision as me mike
2: yeah, yeah it's and true. first of all, fingerprints don't prove anything. Of course, we could have touched the same glass as Santa. That's not going to be admissible in court. He wears the all. white gloves. He wears gloves. Why would he? Yeah. Okay. got no, I agree go. with Let's you guys. Honestly, the There's a couple
0: holes in the case. <laughs> I think we need to. <laughs> I think we need to get around the podcast right now. <laughs>
1: Let's do. Heaven's Heaven's sake, too. That girl.
2: That, girl's that girl. Childhood. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, though, because we are you know, thinking about documentaries and stuff and a new sort of uh, worlds to explore. And obviously, social media slash YouTube is something we're all interested in. I was wondering if you guys thought, you know, a documentary about social media or influencers, people uh, l- like yourselves, what's an angle that hasn't been done already? Because when I think of it, I think of mm-hmm. like, you know, people who are like, you know, all these likes are mostly fake. I can make anybody famous in a day. And then, like, they kind of can, but can't really. Or, like, yeah. the opposite, where it's like, uh, you know, these look how hard some of these people work for, you know, like, next to no likes. There's uh, I've seen a ton of different takes. I was wondering if there's any sort of angle that hasn't been done to death about that I
0: think either way and
2: also I I thought of this right before you started saying that
0: uh if you were to make the Santa sequel to for heaven's sake you would call it for goodness sake that's a great joke (laughs) anyways I'll keep going um no I think yeah Jackson I think most of the documentaries that I see about influencer stuff are always about I don't know it's like the worst side of social media is the most interesting usually like Mm. the Instagram influencers or the TikTok people but it's also like I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's a side of just like cool people doing shit, but I don't know if that's like super interesting, but I will definitely say I feel like the, the biggest hole of what's being examined in social media stuff is um, businessmen with uh, like using teens now for like Instagram and TikTok to make right. like a shit ton of money mm-hmm. and especially kind of screw them over. It's like there was a bit of it in uh, this documentary called Jawline on, on Hulu, um, and it was when Musical.ly was going. But yeah, right. I don't know. It's like – because I feel like social media has like a really – a lot of like messed up stuff that could be really compelling. But then there's also like good just kind of like decent creators on YouTube that don't get covered. I'm not really sure. Gus, you got something?
1: Well, one thing that came to mind, and I don't know if it's a big, like, kind of poster topic or something, but I, I certainly see it all the time, is especially like, you know, Eddie and I work with advertisers, uh, you know, semi frequently, both on the podcast and on our individual channels and stuff. And it's pretty clear uh, what you absolutely have to do for, like, FTC disclosures and stuff. Like, you have to let people know that there's an ad happening, you know, and the amount of people that I do see online especially more t- traditional media people that are working in this like online space I see so many instances of people like obviously doing ads and stuff and integrations and not even remotely like declaring it and stuff and <clears throat> without like you know like saying names of companies or whatever but I have I have been in meetings in the past uh with people where I've been told like hey you know we could probably come up with some strategies to like get you to do some sponsors and stuff where you didn't need to disclose it's an ad and i have not done that you know obviously for the record like i do not fucking do that but i'm just saying like i know that these conversations are starting behind the scenes and stuff and it is an absolute like real thing of like people doing ads and shit all the time where you're like okay well they didn't put hashtag ad and they didn't say that they were sponsored and it wasn't like blatantly obvious enough but i was like I know the shit's happening, like, and I know the people that those guys might be working with are like, these people tried to do the same fucking shit to me, you know what I mean? Like, so I, but again, I don't know if that's like big, super sexy, topicy stuff, but that's really what comes to mind over here. But I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's my. No, I definitely
0: even even post podcast will like even uh, probably get back to you guys and just talking about that stuff because yeah, yeah, it, totally. It's, I do think also, yeah, uh, there's this really unfair thing. This might not not even uh, talking about, like, documentary stuff, but I think it, this applies to you guys, too. It's, like, this really unfair thing with the algorithm now where it's just, like, you can make, like, really great, really funny sketch content, and YouTube will be like, yeah, we'll show a couple people. And then uh-huh. you can make a completely new channel where you just, like, react to something, and they're like, this is the greatest thing you've ever made. You know, right. like, and they'll just, like put it out. You know, there are some channels that will post their first like commentary video and they'll get like a hundred thousand subscribers in like 10 days. And it's just like, I I, I really, I don't know what they could do, but I really wish there was more of a push, especially for um, like not only sketch comedy, but like documentaries and just like not a specific type of content to get pushed a lot, you know? Um, For sure. mm.
3: We used to, I, I used to like to make a living I used to work for like social media agencies and mm-hmm. I'd be like the middleman. If Gus, like a sponsor came to you, but it had to look like more professional, I would make it look like your video, but also you were promoting McDonald's, Big Mac or something. Mm-hmm. And so I lived in this world where it was like, I was in those meetings with like, kind of like you're talking about where like people are like we should hide the ads here. Or we should make it feel like this. Yeah. And it's just, it is kind of gross. It's like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, it's I'm a, it's in a, a constant weird.
0: fight with them always, even um, like uh, not uh, I'm not naming any brand names or anything because, you know, like there's some some that I'm actually really I have a cool relationship with and I'm allowed to do like kind of what I want. But there have been multiple times over the last like three or four years where I've been doing sponsorships where I'll get a note that is like, hey, so it was pretty clear he was reading off a script. Can he like make it seem like It's more of his personal thoughts And like he feels it And I will straight up go like no Absolutely not no. Why the fuck would I do that, you know? Um, and it's like that part really always makes me feel gross. Yeah, where it's like they're essentially going, "Could you hide the fact that we're paying you and lie yeah. to the people that watch you?" It's like, "No, of course not. We have hey, like Eddie,
2: a, a Eddie, a, a no one's going to buy this if you just read the thing we gave you. So if yeah. you could just, you know, pretend that it actually matters to you, that would be great." And, and the like, funny no, thing that's too, that's what the money's for, thank
0: you. Is like hearing back from brands is when they allow you to read the script and also joke about what you want. You sell more of their stuff. It works out for everybody. You get it, to really honest. it really does. And it's because it's usually I feel like all of us when we do YouTube stuff, our audiences are a bit older. And it's like for them, maybe for kids being energetic about it might work more. But like if I'm an adult and I'm watching a YouTuber I like and their ad respects the fact that I know they're getting paid, I'm more likely to care about that company because I'm like, oh, they allowed them to like joke about how they're doing this just for money or something like that. And mm-hmm. it makes me like the, the company even more. I feel like,
1: yeah, totally. That honesty translates. I wish humor. more people. Would yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. Um, I need Mike. I was to ask you touch guys. Up my Big Mac ad. Wait, what's up? Sorry, guys.
3: <laughs> where were you? Where were you going? Where were you going? I
0: just said I need Mike to touch up my Big Mac ad, though. Yeah, I'm Dude, I'm could, I
3: could. make it polished because okay, then because then I'm the middleman that they get mad at. They're like, this doesn't look like we thought it was gonna look, and then uh, it, it was a whole career still going still good but uh i I was gonna ask you guys have you guys ever been through like the pitching process you might not be able to talk about it but like have you guys ever pitched a tv show or have you ever like not like a traditional
0: going in like there's like conversations at certain places but never like a traditional like prepared pitch where we've got like a presentation or anything like that i'm actually doing that right now oh yeah
1: yeah. Uh I made a pitch deck. I'm I'm working with our manager on it and uh I am trying to get a series pitched this year. Uh I, I mean I've said before, like I wanna I wanna make a sketch show, you know, so I want the sketch show to go. Uh but I'm working on that right now and it's it's interesting, it's a different dynamic because it's like I'm I'm so accustomed to being able to kind of just not have to really run things past people you know on the channel it's really just like hey you know do you want i'm going to just go shoot the sketch with a friend or my brother or something like let's go do it but it's it is really it's difficult to try to be like how do i put shit on paper and in a presentation to convince people to be like this can you just give me a little money and just i promise it'll be all right like i think just you got to kind of meet me halfway here, you know, because this is not the most traditional-looking thing. So I am very much learning a lot of shit right now in that sense. But
2: Yeah, the best way it was described to us was it's a song and dance. You got to do a little song and dance for these guys. Mm-hmm. Show them that, uh, you know, that it's worth investing in, basically. But we did that whole pitch circuit trying to get this show made, and it was both exhilarating and sort of terrifying at the same time because, you know, being in those big rooms sort of, bearing your soul a little bit but also just trying to trying to stick to the script. It's mm-hmm. like a weird balance.
0: Yeah, cuz I'm assuming like just being at like a couple of those big company places like the exci- yeah, the excitement is there but also the pressure is on probably a ton too cuz you're like yeah,
3: your yeah. Jackson and pond. I like we were little fish in a big pond and we didn't shy away from that. We would like take Netflix candies and any water bottles they would give us uh. and we'd just like bring them with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, while we we're in the move. actual rooms, it was uh it was like we had a pitch script so it was like i don't even know 40 minutes of and there was like an, an intro off the top from Funnier die and uh, the other production company muse we worked with and then the rest was jackson and i the entire thing was just us talking and like making it feel like it wasn't memorized and like this is just how we talk but everything had to like connect to a slideshow so we had to say like certain words and like the picture would appear behind us it was wild it was Damn. crazy that is but, such
1: a song and dance routine then did you do you guys feel too like do you feel the most confident when you're in person like that and like hey when I can just get people face to face then maybe I can provide more
2: of a specific
1: explanation about this or like where do you feel like your pitch forte was
2: yeah I think certainly in the case of this show because it is uh, sort of a, a different uh, spin on a known genre so it doesn't necessarily translate great on paper like Eddie said, like, are you going to put a, like, how are you going to infuse comedy into this 87-year-old case? It just, on paper, might not sound doable. Uh, so, yeah, being there in person, getting, you know, to sort of exercise our improv style and just our, our presentation, like being performers, uh, it works well in a room, and I think that is definitely our strength versus, you know, we have, we're really proud of the pitch deck and everything that we wrote. We had a lot of help with that, too, and, like, that is good stuff. But on its own... Uh, it's only half of the pie and the other half was us, you know, just being us in person. And I think that is a big difference.
1: Mm-hmm. I, it's, I, and perhaps that's even a fault of mine. But I always feel like if I can just get somebody in person and like, I, I mean, I, I'd be honest and stuff, too. But, you know, there's that razzmatazz factor of like, dude, like, here's <laughs> my vibe. Here's the tone of how I'm speaking to you. This is going to translate somewhat to like the final product and stuff. And, and it feels weird because it's like, especially when you know and i have not gone, gone into doing formal pitching in person or anything yet or anything with this project but like there's going to be an element of the kind of like hey trust me on this one
3: fellas you know <laughs> like, <laughs> all right but also yeah. you have which you when have you're like...
0: asking for millions of dollars is not really <laughs> <the best> pitch
3: <laughs> yeah but you have the fan but you have that fan you base do, to show for to... it you're like hey i got 25 million views on this one sketch and they're like Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> and, and hopefully, that's what they'll say. Hopefully
1: that'll work, and it is unfortunate how much shit just is like, and, and you see this in both sometimes when people get hired for gigs or projects that get greenlit where it's just like, it seems like there wasn't really a sense of tonal consistency from both the creator to the corporate and studio level on here, and it's like, mm-hmm. did they just grab somebody because they had a few numbers and they just were like, toss them into this thing? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, digital 100% budget they do, for, right? You know what I mean? They absolutely
2: but, do.
3: I don't yeah. know. That, that's, uh, we we were lucky with our network execs. They really trusted our team. But I feel like that happens a lot where people are just like, they think they know Gus. And they're like, no, this isn't Gus. You're more, eh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like trying to change you to know you better. And it's like, what the heck are you talking about?
1: Yeah. <laughs> do your th- you know what that that reminds me of funny like i i was seeing a john mulaney interview i think it was on off camera show or whatever and he talked about writing sketches for guest stars and shit uh and he said that early on that's one thing that kind of he realized when he was pitching sketches to guest stars is like sometimes you'd write something and it'd be without even needing an example he just is like hey you know, do, then you do the thing that you do. And the guys, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you know that thing, do your thing. Like you do the thing, you know, and it's just interesting to like have other people's perceptions of like what your whole vibe or shtick is and stuff. So
2: <laughs> so true. Yeah. Do that. Your classic catchphrase. Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and everyone erupts in laughter. Like, that's your thing. We do love the, that thing. Like I didn't even realize that. Oh, I shit. No, I I'm did that.
0: Like, I don't know. Do you see was saying, do the, Thing that you do to OJ Simpson? Why are we even going to host today?
2: I don't even think it's it's okay to have him here. Dude, if OJ Simpson hosted SNL, that would be nice. <laughs> that love. would actually be really Do one the glove. Try the glove on. Come on. <laughs>
0: he would do it too. That's he the would. thing. I feel like he would do it. They would actually be pretty
2: awesome, I bet. But they <laughs> would never do it. I would
0: hate that I would have
1: to watch it. Live. Yeah, I wouldn't
0: too. want to support it in any way. But you know, I'm not missing OJ Simpson on SNL. There's no
1: way. <laughs> Do you think he would come out and to start the the monologue? He'd say,
0: "Hey, Twitter world." Yep. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah okay, It can. would be it would Him? be uh, SNL uh, with me, or hosted by OJ Simpson with musical guest Imagine Dragons. That's yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh,
3: it's, it's it's OJ and uh, John Travolta where like if I look into their eyes I truly don't see like I'm staring at somebody. Yeah. <laughs> no shade towards them but like I feel like I'm staring into like an empty vessel. You can throw shade um, at OJ. You can
0: do a little shade <laughs> at
3: OJ if you <laughs> desire to. So. No, no, Travolta no, we're working Travolta on a project real. Uh, with Peace OJ. Love. It's <laughs> a it's a buddy comedy. We can't, we can't talk um, about it.
0: He, like, I. that's the thing. There's something about Travolta now, yeah, that it's like in certain, like, you just see him in an interview or even in the OJ show he was in. And it just looks like there's, he's doing a fine job acting, but there's nothing going on back there behind those eyes. It's the the old Scientology stare.
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Jackson and I watched uh, Gotti. Uh, which he's the star of. and he's in, really Didn't get like, it, like mob terrible
0: us. reviews? Oh, oh, one of like the like worst. 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, I never saw it.
2: it opens like with a monologue and then you don't realize that he's like actually saying it in real time. And it pans to him under the Brooklyn Bridge. He's like, this is my fucking city. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best.
0: Wait, so it seems like narration and then it pulls into him like at a bridge, like saying it in the moment. Oh my
3: God. (laughs) And it's directed by E from Entourage. Like, no, probably, probably, probably got the script that was like, yeah, we can make a gangster Scorsese pick, And it's the farthest thing from it. Oh, no shade man. at uh, E from Entourage. You know? Or John Gotti.
1: <laughs> thank God you got these prefaces, dude. Otherwise, it yeah. might be interpreted as shade. <laughs> they were uh, all listening and
0: they were all going, hey, oh, okay. Oh, no shade. Oh, thanks,
1: yeah. thank my God. God. Okay. Thank God. What, <laughs> thank God. Is, is Gotti in that area, though? Is that a fun one to watch with the boys because it's so bad? Or is 100%. it just like oh, it's bad? Please bad. do. Please. No, no, it's, oh, yeah. it's so bad, yeah. it's good
2: in the best way.
1: I love that. I think there was a controversy at the time when that movie came out that they were like... Faking reviews or something? Does that ring a bell at all?
2: No, but I, I would don't believe know. it 100%.
1: <laughs> I, honestly, I'm I'm confident that if I even Google Gaudi fake reviews, that I'm going to get uh, a result for it because it was like it legitimately. Yeah, Mashable. Gaudi appears to be posting fake positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's one nice. from Cineblend <laughs> and IndieWire and What's Trending and Vox. Interesting because it, it had a, a certified. Whatever the opposite of fresh is on Rotten Tomatoes, it was a 0% critic rating on, on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes.
0: You gotta love those movies where every critic is like, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> like, we can't, yeah, even, I can't like-
2: even find a little, yeah. I remember, <laughs> um, what's it called? The show, The Equalizer, with Queen Latifah, was like highly, highly advertised. And yeah. then the, it came out right after the Super Bowl. And all you could see were Twitter bots being like, "Um, "Can can't spell action without Queen Latifah," and just like the most BS uh, bot-like tweets about just clearly trying to boost the ratings of
0: the Denzel movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I still haven't seen those. I heard decent things about Equalizer. I've never heard the films. Yeah, I think so too.
2: But it was just the most clear I've ever seen. You
0: can't spell action without Queen Latifah. That full word. (laughs) You really (laughs) can't. At
1: Queen Latifaction. Still learning English.
0: Yep. You got it, Gus. Thanks. Go for it again. Try again.
1: At Queen (laughs) 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 Latifaction. That hurts (laughs) to say, it slows my brain down. You got one more question for us, Gus? Got a little question over here. Alrighty. So, at Lanky1414 says If you were in a Groundhog Day scenario, how many days or years do you think it would take you to figure out how to steal the Mona Lisa from the. Great question. Oh wow, that's a good day question. one.
3: Jack, I just, Jackson, we were literally just talking myself. about hard, heist the other day. Good. <laughs> I think. I uh, mean, two
1: years.
2: Two years. It would it would two years. Two years.
1: Yeah. Dude, I can do in a year
0: tight, Jackson. Easy. <laughs> I'm
1: telling I don't know, you, this, man. I I'm think
2: doing, you're doing underestimating it. I'm doing it in two
0: months, and I'll tell you why. I'm not going to be scared. Uh, to I'll, I'll take the pain of getting shot and everything and dying in that way. And I'm just going to go like way too hard in trying to steal it. So I find every single way that I could be stopped. Um, right, that's so a every smart day strategy. is a big learning experience.
3: <laughs> See, I would I would take the opposite approach, Eddie. I would basically go, I would befriend every security guard and become like best friends with them for years. This could take me five to ten years. I'll be well, best men at their wedding. the first wedding.
0: day every day, Mike.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah none but, of it carries
2: over. But no, you, it
3: carries over because they just there's a warmth inside that. Like, they they,
0: <laughs> so, so you're showing up after a repeat day of like three years. You walk up and they just go, "I feel like I've known you my whole life. I feel like, like I've known you it, for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, just don't just, don't you, <laughs> why don't you not you take a take a hack at the painting <laughs> we real quick? No, you,
3: you do the thing where you go up to them. And you're like, "How's Lisa? Oh, is uh is Jody in in in? Uh, is she have her piano recital this year? And then he goes. Wow, you know me better than I know myself. Here, there's,
2: there's this. Security here, the security guard of keys the Mona, to the wife. Mona Lisa. wife's name is Lisa. That's, good. that's ironic. Um,
0: I'm going to learn here, because I'm assuming we're all meeting back up after our separate ones and trying to see who did it. I'm yep. going to trick you guys, and I'm going to just learn to paint it myself, and then I'll just oh. show you a fake one. Oh, uh, that's yes.
1: a actually a really good idea. Just get a yeah. fake commission. I if feel like it actually
0: help. would be easier to try and get – because, like, obviously the Mona Lisa has, like, a shit ton of skill, but to, like, replicate it where you guys wouldn't notice, I feel like would take me less time than trying to steal the painting myself.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, if the but end I, goal is to just uh, prove to us that you've stolen it, that's the much easier route. I, but if we're I all would, playing by the rules here, we have to get the real one two if years one, if we have give me two years the real
0: one i i think oh here's the thing are we also existing in in that's what that would be cool as fuck if it was groundhog day but all of us are experiencing groundhog day and separately trying to steal it
2: so right. like and- <laughs> I, I'd,
0: I'd be there in like you know in a disguise, and then I just see Gus get like strangled, and I'm like, well, Gus fucked up today. I guess it's my shot now. Oh, Man, you that know, would, would be a cool move in that game. scenario.
2: Uh, yeah, it's like you dress up, you become a cop, and I let you guys steal it. And right as you're about to exit, I'm like, eh, I caught you, and then I take it for myself because oh, nice. you think you I'm a cop. But you like the- a cop. I
1: you
0: become a cop in like- one day, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like the one guy in the group that uh got the
3: Groundhog Day but also the 51st Dates uh <laughs> syndrome so he doesn't remember anything from the day before.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
3: <laughs> Everyone else constantly. is just moving forward and he's just like, "Hey guys, how are you?" And we we see them try the first
0: thing every day and we don't tell them. <laughs> at all we don't make the 51st Dates like VHS tape. We just let them keep fucking up the whole time. <laughs> no we make the tape every
1: day but it's the evening of like a really important survivor episode so we keep accidentally <laughs> taping over like our recording every day here's here's my surviving.
0: plan for chaos G- gus is the 51st states one right he doesn't remember mm-hmm. yeah. i make the 51st states video and tell gus that he's missed out on this and that you three are all in love and that so <laughs> it's catching him up like fifty first dates so then gus is now distracting you guys by trying to to you know to what he thinks rejoin this very meaningful relationship with the two of you, you know, i'm getting away with the moni lisi you know
2: very smart the moni lisi davincki i'm gonna fleecy remember that <laughs> <Da> is <Vinci's laughs> yeah. my favorite bro I fucking love Davinci. Oh
0: man, Davinci's great. When do you guys want to a... start
1: this whole Mona Lisa steel fest
3: thing?
0: Mona Lisa. Yeah. Mona
3: Lisa. Monor. Monor. That's a so, good question. Uh, what are
1: you What are you fucking thinking, huh?
0: What? What are you thinking, huh? Guess guys, if you're doing something physically, like we can't, it, what are you doing a physical bit? Or are you just saying, what are you thinking? I said, ah, what are you, what are you thinking? That's what I was just saying.
3: And he flexed Ru- at the camera. I
0: flex. just, I feel like he's not giving us any context of what the, <laughs> what are you thinking is. No. Well, I just wonder
3: what you guys were
0: fucking thinking. I mean, uh, that's pretty much what the podcast is. Jesus Christ. I'm what glad you I, asked.
1: I have, I have half a mind to goddamn just resign from the podcast and leave my home
0: right now, Eddie. So I am gonna say right now that Gus is trying to abruptly end the podcast. But no, I I'm leading into here. it. We're done,
1: dude. You gotta stop paying Tony off. We're hemorrhaging podcast money <laughs> by getting into the money.
0: Uh, yeah, I pay Tony, and then I pay him off to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do it! Do
3: it on that line. I said 57 minutes
1: in, right there, Tony. Good and I, 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 I just see the
3: Mona Lisa there. I really dude, like that. <laughs>